0: Thanks for listening to the Art Tactic Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Green. In this week's episode, we're joined by Mark Rappolt, editor of the International Contemporary Art Magazine, Art Review. Each year, Art Review does a Power 100 ranking where they rank the most influential people in art. It's always fun having Mark on the podcast to help break down their list and explain their rationale behind some of their selections. They just came out with the rankings for this year, and Mark was kind enough to join us to chat about it. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Thanks so much for listening. Mark, thanks so much for joining us.
1: Thanks for having me. It's great to be here.
0: Of course. It's always fun having you on the podcast to help reveal and dissect some of the names on your Power 100 list. But before we even do that, I think it'd be great to take a step back and if you could just tell us a little bit about the history of this list. How long have you been doing it at Art Review? What exactly are you ranking and who ranks them?
1: Uh, Yeah. So the list itself has been going for 21 years. This is the 21st edition. Um, Originally, it was founded to do. A kind of job that we don't do as art critics. Normally, with art critics, we talk about what's put before us. Um, And I think we've become, Art Review, become very interested in the network of influences that cause something to say be shown at MoMA or at Tate or at the Pompidou. And that this wasn't just a case um, as uh, one might think about it in a common sense way that this was the best artist around was actually the product of a network of vested interests, whether that be collectors, gallerists, um, supporters, and backers of other kinds, um, or anything else. So the list was really set up to sort of track that network of interests, and to look at how it was influencing the art we got to see. And I think for the list itself, we have three basic criteria. Um, The first is that the people on the list actually have to have done something in the past year. that they have to have an influence that's not just local, but is also international. Although I guess we can see to some extent that all influence starts on a a local basis. And lastly, and perhaps more importantly, they have to influence the kind of work that's being made today. And so we have a panel of around 40 people from around the world, um, each looking at who's influencing the art that's being made where they are from their perspective. And, They send a list of recommendations through um, and then we get together and duke it out to see whether for instance the most powerful person in the us is as powerful as the powerful person in india or new delhi or somewhere like that so maybe it's that's where the the really subjective stuff comes into is sort of trying to merge these different geographies because the truth really is that power can look entirely different depending on where you're looking from
0: and so if we jump into the list, if I recall correctly, last year at the top of your list actually wasn't a person, but more the concept of NFTs, which I think was really fascinating. So tell us who is at the top of your ranking this year and why? Um,
1: so the top of this, this ranking is a Indonesian collective called Rangrupa. It was founded originally by artists in 2000. They're not necessarily going to be a name or a concept that's super familiar to everyone um, outside the art world. Um, but they curated Documenta this year, which is possibly the world's most important contemporary art show, which happens every five years in Kassel in Germany. And I think they topped the list really because they introduced the new way of looking at what an exhibition is, what curating is, and to some degree what art is. Um, their exhibition was Very much in the mould of a kind of social network, so they invited other collectors who collectives, sorry, who then um, invited other collectives or other people they were aligned and worked with in an exhibition that, in the end, had one thousand five hundred participants in it. And at the same time, I guess they're not a uncontroversial number one because, as is the case with many social networks, um, there were controversies surrounding. instances in this case of anti-semitism or anti-semitic imagery that came about um i think partly as a result of this very horizontal way of working so it's very much a move away from what the power list itself is in a way um, so it's not about a top-down hierarchy a curator having a vision and then enacting the vision through the works of artists it was very much um a spreading out of res- responsibility um horizontally and a definitely a new way of thinking about these things. And I think it's also interesting because it's really one of the first times in the world that a sort of properly disruptive force that imagines the art world in a different way has occupied the top spot.
0: And you also mentioned that you have panelists or individuals who are providing their input on these rankings from all over the world to provide different perspectives based on their geographies. So I'm curious Tell me about the geographical diversity of the overall rankings. Are we seeing influence occurring from throughout the world? We always talk about the world becoming a smaller place. Or is influence concentrated heavily in really the major art world hubs? Um, I think it's certainly
1: spreading out from what began as a very uh, European-American ranking. I mean, say now it's Asia probably has almost as many people on the list as do those two continents. But at the same time, it's definitely not global in a sense that Africa has relatively few representatives as does South America. Um, So yes and no in a way. Um, And I think that's kind of realistic. I think also there are places in the world where the kind of art world or art system as we know it, isn't particularly embedded. That might be in the case of, say, artists working with galleries. In some places, it's more a consignment basis where they're not really represented by the galleries, but they do shows with galleries. Um, And I think those models don't extend all over the world. Um, So I think we're seeing a kind of pushback in a way of other models, other ways of doing things.
0: And who are some new entrants who maybe haven't cracked the list in the past, but finally have done so this year that you think are noteworthy?
1: I think at number three, we have, I guess, another concept, as you mentioned with NFTs last year, which is um, unionization and unions. And I think um, throughout the US and Europe um, and places beyond, we're seeing these ideas of uh, recognizing larger networks involved with art, larger types of work involved with art and coming together, those kind of professionals to seek recognition, whether it's financial or in terms of job security or in terms of just plain being acknowledged um, within the art world as a whole. And I guess that links partly to what I was talking about with the number one, um, but we've seen that kind of breaking out um, all over the space and whether that is expressed through striking or protesting depends on different situations. So I think that's probably the most significant um, new entry. Um, and then I think Sonia Boyce, for example, um, who did the British Pavilion of Venice and won, uh, jointly won a Golden Lion, Um, is new and I think also Isaac Julian so I think there's sort of a legacy of um, reflecting on the history of um, overlooked cultures and ethnicities within the art world that's continues to be
0: reflected on the list and I'm sure many of our listeners and just in general art world participants are very familiar with most of the galleries around the world who are some of the galleries that made this year's list
1: Yes, I think still, I mean, in the pandemic, there were a lot less galleries on the list for obvious reasons, because they were kind of shuttered by and large. Um, And we haven't seen a massive hall of galleries coming back onto the list. I think the ones that are there, people like David Zwirner, probably do do more than what we conventionally think of um, as running a shop that sells art, you know, so I think has um, obviously got platform and other kind of digital spaces and physical spaces that uh, take a more generous look at um, what being a gallery is. I think other galleries on the list, uh, such as Housenworth, um, or goes into a degree, are um, on the edge of becoming lifestyle brands. So they're not just a gallery, there's a sort of bigger concept of what it is to live with art that's being promoted through them. So I think the galleries that are on the list are. Largely galleries that do a bit more than uh, what the man on the street might think a gallery is supposed to do.
0: And of course, your rankings are about influence in the art world. So if we take a look at the different types of positions or roles within the art world, are there some that you saw occur regularly on this list? And maybe are there some that didn't appear as often as they had in years past? I guess what I'm trying to get at is what areas or positions within the art world have more influence this year than in years past. And are there certain types of positions that don't nearly have as much influence as they have in previous years?
1: Uh, That's an interesting question. Um, I think, you know, Artists, there are more artists on the list than there were previously, and I think the kind of there's definitely a move since the pandemic for a focus on people who are actually doing things after a time in which people can do a lot. Um, and at the same time, I think a lot of these roles, as I mentioned, with galleries are being sort of rethought. So curators have a different relationship to broader questions of social care, um, and I think art in general is trying to find ways of linking up with, uh, let's call it real life, um, a bit more closely. So I think that applies to the kind of museum directors on the list, um, certainly to the collectors as well. We see a lot more activist collectors who have agendas that they want to push rather than just uh, plain old innocent philanthropy, not that there necessarily was ever such a thing. Um, but I think it's the kind of balance between them all. We've had also David Ajay's um, on the list this year, um, So an architect, which is unusual, but I think what he does is very much linked closely to particular types of programming. So he doesn't just build envelopes in which art is housed, but he also builds structures that that shape programs in different ways. Um, So I think it's very much about these sort of changing moment of these roles and how they relate to the real world and the art world.
0: Mark, thanks so much again for coming onto the podcast and helping us break down this year's Art Review Power 100 list. We always enjoy having you on. If our listeners want to check out the list, if they haven't already, where can they find it?
1: Um, You can find it all on artreview.com or by going through artreview.com to subscribe to the magazine that way. Thanks so much again, Mark. Great. Thanks a lot, Adam.